body, I was standing there doing this, body, you receive. Speak to your body and tell it, now you're going to receive what I just received in my spirit. I received, but you've got to talk to your body. Tell it what to receive. It's very important that we do that because healing is in this place. You know how I know that? Because Jesus is here. You can't see him. He's a spirit. But he's speaking to your spirit. But what we have to understand, girls, all of us, that what you see standing before you right now is my earth suit. It's my body. But inside this earth suit is where I am. You see, my spirit, because God says that we are a spirit, my spirit had to have something physical to travel in the earth. And so God gave my spirit man, which is the real me, a body. And the word says that you, that body is fearfully and wonderfully made. And so we have to speak to this body and tell it what it's going to receive, what it's going to reject. Amen? So it's very important because the healer is in the house. The healer is in the house. Now you've got to decide what you're going to do with it. Are you just going to sing about it? Are you going to tell it what to do? We've got to tell it what to do. Amen? Praise God for the healer. Amen. Well, you can be seated. Thank you, worship team, for sending us into his presence. Okay. Okay, so. I'm going to start with something today out of Kenneth Hagin's book on base, uh, executing the basics of healing. And I want to read this. I'm waiting for everybody to get settled down before I read this. And you will not be offended. And if you can't be offended, you won't be defeated. Amen? That's one of Tom's favorite. Okay, are y'all ready for this? Remember what I told you I was going to start with today? Do I have your attention? Okay. Proverbs 4, 20 through 22 says, My son, attend to my words. Incline thine ear unto my sayings. This, the, these scriptures are so full of instructions right here. Let them, my words, not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of the heart, for they are life unto those that find them, and they are health to all their flesh. God's word will produce health in your body. Now then, this is where I was going, and y'all all still love me. The word attend in verse 20 means to give one's undivided attention. Remember what I told y'all before we even started the lesson today? That means to give uh, one's undivided attention. This verse could be better understood if we read it like this. Give your undivided attention to the words of God. 
When someone says, I want your undivided attention, have you school teachers ever said that to your kids? I'm saying it to us. Should, you not, what, should I not expect that from y'all if you expect that from the students you're teaching? Okay. I mean, he gets tough. <laughs> I, mean, I, have to, I mean, I have to apply this when there's another teacher up front besides me. So, a little correction. You know the word says that it is for correction and instruction. When someone says, I want your undivided attention, we know that means we're not supposed to be thinking about anything else. Don't you love me? Yes. Instruction. I loved this. I thought, I better watch that myself. You I mean, anything like this, it applies to everybody. I'm not exempt, okay? But I just thought this is such a great example from last week when I was teaching. So anyway, he says, we know that means you're not supposed to be thinking about anything else. You can't be thinking about what you're going to eat, where you're going to lunch, and who you're going to ask to go with you. He didn't say that. I did. But we're supposed to focus directly on what that person is saying to us. This is better than what you think. Almost everyone at one time or another has been in a classroom where the teacher has said, I want all eyes on me. I want your undivided attention. So when the teacher said that, it meant that the students weren't supposed to look out the window I can remember doing that in high school. To see what was going on, it meant the boys weren't supposed to look and see if the girls were still as pretty as they were the last time they looked. No one was supposed to do anything except look at the teacher. That's pretty powerful, y'all. This is really a good lesson because we miss some important things that are said. And you, and, you know, we start our discussions and whatever, and, you, and somebody will say something about, well, you said such and such, and you thought, I didn't hear that. I wonder why. Where was our attention? Okay. Everyone was supposed to shut out all other thoughts and all other conversations and listen strictly to what the teacher had to say. And that is exactly what God wants us to do. He wants us to shut out everything around us and without any interruptions, give our undivided attention to his word. And, and that was the thing I wanted to bring out because, well, it convicted me. I thought, do I do that? What am I missing that the Holy Spirit really wanted me to hear because he, the speaker didn't have my undivided attention. I was thinking about something else. So this is for all of us. Because when a minister that is anointed by God, uh, so all of you in church Sunday, wherever you go, give your undivided attention because the Holy Spirit has something for you. You can't think about how loud the music is. You can't think about all these distracting things. What is Satan doing? He is distracting you and he's distracting me from the word that the Holy Spirit wanted me to hear. And so this, that really ministered to me when I read that and I hope it does to you. So, you know, Hebrews 11.1, 1, it says that now faith is. 
Well, think about that. Now, faith is, and this was just a thought I had. That means faith is for today. Faith is for today. Everything we receive from God, all of his promises, our health, our prosperity, your money, it's in the faith realm. Faith is always, girls, faith is always in the realm of the unseen. And what we're doing when we say what the Word says is we're bringing it out of that area of the unseen into the now so that we can have the manifestation. So that means faith is for today. If faith is for right now and for today, then that means healing and health is for today. It's available. Healing and health is available. So <coughs> Dr. Wright, <coughs> in this other book here, Dr. Wright asked the question, if healing is the children's bread and that by his stripes we were healed, then what is the disconnect from his words? I thought that was a good question to pose to myself. What is the disconnect that's in my life? What is disconnecting me that you are healed by the stripes of Jesus? What is the disconnect from me getting the manifestation of having that health that he has promised us? There has to be a disconnection from the word for healing, I mean for a sickness and disease to stay in our body and we can't get rid of it. There has to be a disconnection. Because if we stay connected to the word of God and we can't Quit saying how bad I feel. See, that's a disconnection from what the Word says. The, you'll never find in the Word of God that He's going to tell you to say how bad you feel. That's not faith. It's, it is faith. Normally when we say that, it, it involves fear. Fear draws things to you just like faith draws things to you. So we have to make sure we're not in fear. Say you were... Say you were uh, needing healing for a disease or something in your body. You've got to stay out of fear. You've got to quit speaking it, how bad I feel, all this, that, and the other. And because that's exactly what you're going to have. It, our words draw those things to us. The word says, let the weak say, I am strong. I am strong. You say, well, I'm not strong. Well, you will be if you will continue to stay with the weak, let the weak say. See, the power is in the spoken words. We can't just think, let the weak say, I am strong. But you've got to say, I am strong. And body, you listen to that. And then you put actions with that. And you do what you can do. As, as the, I mean, you're strong. I was watching Mama up here this morning, and she is 90, 92. Did you see her moving and praising God and all of that? Her body was responding because I know what she speaks. She is strong in the word. He's, now listen to this. Let the rich say, I mean, let the poor say, really, and you don't have any money in the bank? What are you supposed to say? I am rich. You're rich. Your finances are right here. 
there are spiritual rules. I don't know why I'm getting on this, but there are spiritual laws in here that tells you how to become prosperous in money. And we've got to hunt for the spiritual laws that will bring us money just like we're on a hunt for our health. Whatever it is that you have need of. But your answer is right out here. One of them is that Luke 6, 38. Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, chucking together, and running over shall man give unto your bosom. That's Luke 6, 38. And the tithing scriptures. He said he'd open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there'll not be room enough to keep it, to hold it. Those are scriptures that have to do with prosperity. Well, everybody in here, you know, I don't, it doesn't matter how blessed you are financially. You may be a millionaire or a billionaire, but you still want to live by that because we, he blesses us so that we can bless somebody else. And it is so wonderful to be able to pay somebody's bill, to hand somebody a $100 bill, to, to pay for their groceries. That is the blessings of God coming on you and overtaking you. But we're, we're talking, supposed to be, <laughs> on uh, healing today. So why am I six? Let's look at James 5. I didn't put any markers in my Bible, so it may take me a few minutes to find all these scriptures. Hebrews, James. 5, verse 14 through 15. Okay. Well, in verse 13, now listen, this word gives us instructions, okay? Is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. Is any merry? Let him sing psalms. Then here's where we're going. Is any sick among you? Are there any people that is fighting sickness in the body? If you are, he has instructions for you. He has instructions for me. If there's any sick among you, let him... The sick call for the elders of the church and let them, the elders, pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up, and if he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. So this passage starts with a question. Are there, is there any sick among you? Then it gives the sick person instructions. So if you are finding a sickness in your body today, he gives instructions. He says, let him, the sick person, ask the elders, the pastor or someone that is anointed, you know, to lay hands. We should not have to ask you to come down front. That, you know, we should not, if you are wanting to be healed, then it's up to you without me begging you to come down front to be prayed for. That's not, he says, that's what he's talking about. We, if you are under attack physically, you have got to be prepared 
for every service that you go into. And if the pastor says, if, if, you, if you're sick, come down front and we'll lay hands on you. Well, are you emotionally ready for that prayer? Have you prepared to have hands laid on you? Have you prepared your mind to receive? But he says, he says, let him, the sick person, ask the elders. The pastor or someone that's anointed. Okay, so notice it's the person. This is what ministered me. This puts this on me. Notice it's the person that is praying for you. It says his faith will be what heals you. So what we're say, seeing here is that people are depending on, if you, if you came to me and wanted me to pray for you, you're depending on my faith at that particular time. For You're depending on me to have been in God's presence and to be prepared myself that if somebody needs me to pray for them, my faith is high. So we have to be ready spiritually. We have to be ready uh, mentally and physically to be that elder that can pray for you and see the harvest come, see you healed. And so sometimes we're so flippant with it that we don't give any thought to that. But this is good instructions here. So it's the person praying for you that it says his faith will be what heals you. And then after that, you have to use your faith to keep it. Okay, the thing the Holy Spirit has meant to be is I need my faith to be what is doing the healing. God responds to faith. So I need my faith to be so in there about healing that I have no doubt in my mind when I lay hands on you that you will be healed. Now we had... Uh, in last Wednesday night's Bible study, and they're not here today. We have a couple of new ladies, and I, I don't know if they came Sunday morning because I was out of town. But they did come, and I appreciate you greeting them and, and all of that. But the one lady, uh, she first walked in off the street uh, a week ago, and, and I introduced myself and talked to her. And, and so they were here last Wednesday night. I don't know, I mean, girls pay attention when you have new ladies come in, okay? But anyway, so she was explaining to me, this one lady, she brought a lady from her, and they go to a certain church. And she said, now she needs prayer because she's fighting kind of dementia symptoms or, you know, something along that line with her memory and all of that. And... I just grabbed her hand. I said, well, let me pray right now. Right then when, was when the need was being spoken and when faith was high. I had just been, we had just hear, heard the word Wednesday night. We were full of knowledge of the word of God. And now, now is the time to pray for her. So I prayed for her. I, prayed, I laid hands on her and for her mind and spoke whatever the Holy Spirit drew out of me now. But the reason I could do that, my faith was high. And so when your faith is high, you are prepared for whatever 
you know, laying hands on somebody or, or whatever the Holy Spirit would have you to pray about. So to me, that is so important that, that I make sure before I come into a group of women that my faith is high. I don't know what you're going to ask me to pray about, but the Holy Spirit does. So that's a preparation is very important. So we must be prepared before we lay hands on or pray over the sick. In other words, it is our part to anoint and pray for, for you in faith. And then it's the Lord's part to do what? To respond to the prayer. It's God's part to respond to that prayer of faith because he hears a prayer of faith. He does not hear a prayer of doubt and unbelief or problems. It's always what he has already proclaimed it's that will build our faith. So uh, in that Hebrews 12, 1 through 2, this scripture has a lot of instructions for us. Let's go to that Hebrews 12. Verses 1 and 2. Are you there? Hebrews 12, verse 1 and 2. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Now then, all the scripture before lists all of these men and women of faith and how they received the, what they needed for their body or whatever. And, and uh, that verse 11 always blessed me in, in the previous chapter. It says, Through faith also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age because she knew that the Lord was faithful, faithful to what he had promised. You see, any promise in this word, God will be faithful to fulfill that if we get into the realm of faith and pray his promise. This is what you promised, Father, so I thank you for that promise being fulfilled. Okay, then he goes on. Let me start back over here. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so glad a cloud of great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us. We have to lay aside whatever it is that causes us to miss it. Because there's reasons when we don't receive. And we have to question ourselves. What is it, Lord? What, reveal to me what it is in my life that I, I'm not seeing or that I'm not doing or what I'm not confessing. Reveal that to me. But he says to lay that, whatever that is, it's stopping your manifestation. Let the Holy Spirit tell you what it is. And you get rid of it, get it out of your life. And he says, which does so easily beset us and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Looking, now see, here we are. You're, we're, in a, we're on a hunt for health. So here we are. He says, during this hunt for health, we've got to continue to look unto Jesus, who is the author. He is the finisher of our faith. And uh, you'll notice that that word, our, it's added. Anytime you see something italicized, that means it's an added word. So I'm going to read that without it. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of faith. 
is he's the author and finisher of faith. Who for the joy that was set before him. Now, you know, Jesus had to have an image of where he was going when he came to this earth. Do we have an image of where we're going when we quote the word? I'm going to health. I'm after health. Now, I may have to get the healing first, but the end result is going to be health in that area. Amen? So he says, set the joy that was set before him. He endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Praise God. This scripture has a lot of instructions in it for us. Did you notice uh, where he told us to place our focus? He told us where to place our focus. It wasn't on the sickness. It was on Jesus, the word, the healer. It's on Jesus. And, of course, when we say that, if you'll just, you could substitute the word there. Our focus is on what the word says because the word of God tells us that Jesus is the word. He is the word. So keep your focus during your faith fight. And it is a fight of faith. It's not a fight of the disease. You've got to understand that. We win the fight of faith. We don't fight the disease. Jesus has already done his job. He has healed, he has healed us. And so the, the, uh, the, what we need is in the realm of faith. And so it is a fight of faith. That means when the pressure's on in your body, if you're hurting or, or whatever it is, your fight is going to be to get faith. Faith is what's going to draw your healing to you. So we've got to learn to fight the fight of faith. So it says that he was the author. In other words, he invented faith. He was the beginner of faith when I looked that up. And the Barnes commentary said the word author means the source or cause of anything or one who makes a beginning and Jesus did that. He was the beginner of faith. He made it. He made faith. And, and another uh, definition was he's the originator of faith. You know, I, I was thinking about this. For Jesus to leave heaven where it was perfect and come to the earth with a purpose of redeeming mankind, he was doing that by faith. He had faith. And so he brought faith to the earth. But we got to go get it. We've got to learn how to use it. Amen. So whatever you're facing today has to be, it has to be run with patience. That's what it said. And it has to be, have some perseverance to it. Matthew Henry says this. He is the finisher. He is the fulfiller. I loved this. He is the fulfiller of all scripture, promises, and prophecies. He is the one that fulfills it. Now, I want us to look at Proverbs 4. Uh, we, we quoted this, and I can't remember if it was um, in our review or what, but Proverbs chapter 4, these are such important. I think I had, it may have been Kim that uh, quoted this scripture. I'm getting there. But this whole passage here, girls, 
if you're new and haven't studied this, you really need to study these particular scriptures here. Um, we're going to look at verse 20 and 22 first. But he says, My son, attend to my words. We did read this earlier. Incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. I think that's the one Brother Hagin was quoting. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. Because, he says, why do I want you to keep my words in front of your eyes? He says, because they, verse 22, they are life unto those that find them. And they're also health to all their flesh. So we're on a hunt for health. And he says, if you'll keep my words that I have spoken before your eyes and say them out of your mouth, you're going to have health. That's pretty powerful. And we cannot deter from that. We've got to continue to say what the Word of God says. So he said, pay attention to my words. Remember when we talked about that? And look at the power that his words has. It, what does it say? It says it has life. His words has life. And in John 10, 10, Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and have life more abundantly. And that's the kind of life he wants us to have. But we've got to fight for it a lot of times because Satan comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And so we have got to stay in faith. So his words have health in them. Praise God. I love that. So... I just want you to know I'm on the hunt for help. Amen. Praise God. You know what these scriptures tell me? It tells me that God is interested in your flesh. God is interested in your body. Isn't that awesome? Do you know what? He's listening to us today. Because he wants us to get it. He wants us to get it. And another thing, I think, he wants his spirit to dwell in a healthy body. That's his desire. Because he dwells in us, but he wants a healthy body to dwell in. You know, I don't want to dwell in a nasty house. Praise God, my lady's home cleaning right now. <laughs> Praise God. Every two weeks she comes and cleans and I have a clean house. But he doesn't want to dwell, I don't, and I don't want to dwell in a nasty house. In fact, while I was gone to Branson for three days, my, uh, Chelsea and her kids and PJ, they were all at my house for in and out every day. You know what I found when I got home? I didn't sit down and rest right then. I got to pick it up, putting away all those toys, crumbs that was on the floor downstairs. You know, I, I can't stand that. Well, what if we're like that on the inside with sickness, with not feeling good? He wants to dwell in a healthy body, not one that's full of a lot of yucky talk and sickness and disease. So let's go back. Let's go to, no, let's go to Luke chapter 5. We're going to get into this book here in just a few minutes. I promise you. 
because I want to get into one particular sickness. Okay. Let's see how far I want to read. Okay, and it came to pass. One. And it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him, now he had just been speaking and had left the people. And it, says, and it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two ships standing by the lake. Y'all know this story, most of you. But the fishermen were gone out of them. There was, here, get a picture. There's no one in the boats. But there was two boats there. And what were the fishermen doing? They were washing their nets. Why? Well, they, they didn't catch anything. Well, well, let's just go ahead and read this in case we have some that don't. And he entered into one of the ships. So here was these ships. Jesus got into one which was Peter's, Simon Peter's. And he prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Now that last sentence is very important as to what Jesus did first. Okay? He taught the people. He taught them the word. Now when he had left speaking then... He said unto Simon, what he was doing was preparing them to be obedient. Right? So, now when he left speaking, he said unto Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a drought. Okay, his words are so important here to these fishermen because they had fished all night and didn't catch anything. He's telling them, look, if you will obey me, you'll have those fish that you were fishing for. And so obedience is the big thing with us, to be obedient to what God tells us to do. And so Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled all the night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. The words that Jesus spoke caused faith to, and trust to come into them. And you know what? They had to think, this man don't know a thing about fishing. If he's telling us to go out in the daytime and fish, the fish don't bite in the daytime. It's what they were saying. They, they bite at night. And we fished all night long. We didn't catch a thing. And he wants me to go out in one of these boats and fish in the daytime? What in the world is that man talking about? He doesn't know about fishing. So, and when they had done this, they enclosed a great number of fish. Oh, well, let me go back. Um, and Simon answering said unto Master, We have toiled all the night and have taken nothing. We haven't caught anything. Nevertheless, at thy word, I'll do what you said. I will let down the net. Now then, go back to verse 4. What did Jesus tell him? Nets. Let down the nets. Plural, more than one. And so when they had done this, they enclosed a multitude of fishes and 
their net broke. And they beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ship, that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both the ships so that they began to sink. That is a catch. <laughs> so when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' feet, his knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. But anyway, I thought this was something. This is, this is a great uh, example of Jesus' words um, and in faith and do what he says to do. Just do what he says to do. And notice that before Jesus <clears throat> told Peter to do anything, he taught them his word. He wanted them all to hear his words. All, that's why when you get out on the ocean or in the sea, your voice carries. Amen. So he wanted everybody to hear it, not just them. But he wanted everybody to hear his words. So anyway, I, I love what, I'm trying to find what I wrote down. Oh, I love what Smith Wigglesworth said in his book. He said, I believe every fish in the lake tried to get into those nets. You know, I hadn't thought about that. But Jesus spoke to those fish to come. Can you imagine that ocean, that sea? Look, I, I mean, I just got my mind going. I thought, oh, my stars, look at all those fish coming. Now, we go to Grizz Ferry Lake, and when those fish are hitting the top of the water, and, I mean, there'll just be a multitude of them. When we get that boat, and we hurry as fast as we can to get right in the big middle of them, you know. But just imagine that. Every fish in that sea was wanting in that boat, was wanting in those nets because of the words of Jesus. I just thought that was a good thought. Okay. In that Mark 5, for, let's go over there real quick. We've still got time, I think. For Mark chapter 5. Let's look at verse 21. And when Jesus was passed over again by the ship unto the other side, much people gathered unto him, and he was nigh unto the sea. And I'm going to drop down to verse 24. And Jesus went and Jesus went with him, and much people followed him and thronged him, and a certain woman with the issue of blood, you know, he stopped on the way to this woman's house. Well, let me go back. Verse 23 says there, uh, verse two, 22 said, And behold, there cometh one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet, and he besought Jesus greatly, saying, My little daughter lieth at the point of death. I pray thee, come and lay thy hands on her, that she may be healed, and she shall live. Well, so Jesus said, come go with me. So he was going with Jairus, and on the way, this lady with the issue of blood stopped him, and, and she was healed. And, and this goes on and on and on. Anyway, uh, I'm sure this... God was wondering, why in the world are we doing this? My little daughter's dying if you don't hurry up and get to her. So she was healed. And uh, he told that woman, he said, you know what? It's your faith 
that made you whole. It's your faith that made you whole. Go in peace and be whole. Be completely whole of that plague, that blood disease. It is my faith that makes me whole. It's actually God's faith that he puts in us. But I receive his faith. So um, as soon as Jesus, well, while he yet spoke, there came from the ruler of the synagogue's house, uh, which said, thy daughter's dead, don't trouble him anymore. You've messed around, and now you're too late to get to her. She's already died. She died while you was gone. So as soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said unto the ruler of the synagogue, don't be afraid, only believe. He says that to you today. Whatever's going on in your body or in your family's body, he says to us, don't let fear come in. Don't be afraid. Then he gives you some very, me, some very specific instructions, okay? I'm not, I'm not going to let fear come in. Then he says, only believe. And I was just, that word only just kept going over and over and over in my mind. Only believe. So what does that mean to me? Well, I'm not going to let fear come in. I'm going to take authority over that. But only believe. In other words, your focus is on the Word of God and don't let anything else come into your head. Nothing of doubt. Nothing of fear. Nothing negative. He says only, only believe. That means that's the only thing that we're supposed to have going on in our head is faith. We've got to keep all the other stuff out. So we need to judge ourselves and think about, oh, Holy Spirit, what, what is it? Why am I sick? What is it that, that I'm doing and not doing? Why is this sickness? And we know that he goes into some scripture after a while where he talks about sickness is spiritual. Your healing is spiritual. You can go to the doctor, and I go to a doctor, and I do what he tells me to do. I take that, that medicine for my heart. But it doesn't cure it. It does not cure it. The medical profession does not cure you of whatever you are fighting in your body. It helps you to get back to a place where you were before the attack came, basically. It gets you back to being healed as far as the symptoms, but it doesn't cure you. Because you will, if you don't watch it, out of your mouth is going to come, oh, I forgot to take my medicine today. Oh, you know, and that's fear because you think we become codependent on that. And I'm not saying don't, uh, you do need to take your medicine, but don't let fear come if you forget it. You know, Jesus is still the healer. Amen. He is still the healer. And, and all that medicine is doing is helping you to stay alive till you can get faith going. Study the word. Get faith in your, in your life. Amen. So, you know, uh, that Mark 5, don't give your attention to what the man said, what man says, 
Keep believing what you said. Keep believing what you said in faith. He told that woman that. He said, keep believing. Only believe. Only believe. But, you know, I, I was thinking about what's in us will come out of us. And I was thinking about my husband Tom this morning when uh, he bruised both sides of his brain roping calves. He's a steer roper. And he raised up, I, some of you may know this and some of you don't, but years ago, he raised up under the chute gate. We have a roping arena, and those are steel bars. And he raised up under that, and he bruised both sides of his brain. And in about a week, it got to where he couldn't lift a leg. He would have to pick his leg up to get on the step. And symptoms kept coming and coming and coming. And um, so anyway, we went to the, a doctor here. And he said, oh, he's got a brain tumor. He never did a test one. And me and my kids were standing there beside him. And we said, no, he does not have a brain tumor. And he told him, just go home and go fishing or do whatever, you know. And so David took him fishing. I don't know why I'm sharing this. And he had a, he had a um, what do you call it? A seizure out in the boat. If David had been in there, he would have fallen. Had he followed that doctor's advice, he would have been in the lake drowned. But we didn't receive the report. And it was not a tumor. So we decided we would go to Greer's Ferry, which we had a house rented over there for years. Karen remembers that place. And so just he and I, so we could work through this thing. So I was out in the front yard in a rocker, and I heard the strangest noise coming out of that room. And it was that... <laughs> anyway, he went into a grand mal seizure that lasted 35 to 40 minutes. I went in, I jumped in the big middle of him. I jumped in the big middle, I straddled him, and I spoke words over him. I said, you will live and you will not die. And so I did call 911. He was still in the grand mal seizure when they got there. But listen, put your trust in God. He told us what to do. Well, we got him to the hospital in Grace Ferry, all right, Hebrew Springs. They sent him straight to Little Rock to the perfect doctor for us. Now, then, here he was. He found out that he had bruised both sides of his brain. And he said, the brain does not reproduce these cells. And Tom told him, you do what you can do and I'll do the rest. Tom was a man of faith, I can tell you for sure. I mean, he shot himself in the leg and he pulled a thumb off and he... You know, got a fish hook in his eye, and he never went to a doctor. <laughs> he told when he pulled that thumb off, he told that doctor, you put it on, I'll do the rest. He put it back on, he kept it. So faith is so important. Had he not had faith, he would have left a very early, very life. I don't want to leave early. But faith has got to be a part of your life, and you have got to stick with what you are praying regardless of signs and regardless of symptoms. Well, needless to say, he was not supposed to ever scuba dive again. He handled it, 
And he told me one day he was ready to go scuba diving. Do you know I never had a fear? I never, because I, I knew him. I knew his faith. He, and he's, he and Charles Capps, they scuba dived about every weekend. How could he do that? Right here. You've got to have it in you for you to use it. You've got to have the knowledge of it for you to use it. You've got to stay focused on what the Word says. Oh, my goodness, I've got to get into this. Okay, we're going to get into um, exposing spiritual roots of diabetes, and I, I may not be able to get through where I wanted to, but this is just a little history on Dr. Wright. Uh, during his early years as a pastor, Henry's prayer was for answers to why physical healing from disease was not happening as often as it should in the church. The question and God's answers began his lifelong journey to exposing the spiritual roots of disease that were plaguing the body of Christ. So he spent decades researching biblical truths on what God said about healing and studying case histories of the people who came to the ministry for help and learning about diseases and their effects on the human body from medical science. And together, he and his wife founded a, a foundation that's called Being Health. I thought, well, boy, I'm interested in this. It was funded, and it's called Being Health. And they traveled throughout the United States and had so many people healed. But the question here is, why am I sick? He says, why did this happen to me? These are questions that you and I have when we're under attack. If you're fighting diabetes, you are searching everywhere for answer to these questions. Be at health. I have spent decades researching the root cause of this disease. This is, a vi this is vital because people want answers to these questions. Why am I sick? How can I be well? Doesn't it make sense that we get that we get down to the root cause that triggers disease in the first place. From there, we can uproot it. We've got to get down to the root cause, he said, and then we can uproot it. Why? Because God's desire is for you to live in health and in wholeness. And so, uh, by God's grace, we have discovered answers to the root causes of disease that can put you on the road to healing and health. I want to state from the beginning that my research has revealed that approximately 80% of all chronic diseases have a spiritual root cause. 80% hmm. is an astounding number. I believe that it is God's will to expose those spiritual roots and set you on a pathway to health. Because of what God has revealed in over 30 years of observing these cases, researching science, and studying his word, thousands of people worldwide were free of these diseases and these syndromes because they dealt with the root cause and, and the issues that was causing this malfunction or these manifestations. Now then, I'm going to drop on down here. If God has promised us that our diseases can be healed, then why are we sick? 
Why are so many people, including Christians, still suffering with chronic illnesses? Autoimmune diseases such as multiple sclerosis, uh, rheumatoid arthritis, lupus, Graves disease, diabetes, one, as well as cancer, diabetes, two, uh, high blood pressure and heart disease, chronic depression, and many more. To find the answers, we need to take a journey together throughout the, all this stuff that he's talking about here. So he's saying, overcoming diabetes. He says that national studies show that 34.2 million people in the United States were living with diagnosed or undiagnosed diabetes. And here's where I want to go with this. There are two main types of diabetes, one and type two. Although type two diabetes is far more prevalent than, than the one, both are chronic illnesses that affect the way your pancreas produces or regulates blood sugar. A well-functioning pancreas uh, produces insulin, the hormone that enables the sugar to move from our blood into our body cells to be used for energy. In both types of diabetes, the individual is dealing with high levels of sugar in the blood. However, there are significant differences in the physical and spiritual causes. Type 1 diabetes, I thought this was interesting and, and y'all may know this, but uh, the type 1 diabetes is an autoimmune disease. Autoimmune means immunity against self. Immunity against self. The immune system contains white corpuscles that were designed by God to fight off foreign invaders like bacteria and viruses in your body. In an autoimmune disease, your white corpuscles are malfunctioning and identifying some healing part of your body as an enemy invader, attacking to destroy it. In case of type 1 diabetes, your white corpuscles identify the antigen markers on the pancreatic islets as the enemy and begin to attack and destroy them on and destroy them that they can no longer produce insulin it is the body attacking the body with the what that's with the number 1 type 1 the body attacks the body Doctors know or don't know why they don't know. Uh, they don't know what has gone wrong in the medical community. The diagnosis of an autoimmune disease is a life sentence. There is no known cause and no known cure. But guess what? Jesus has carried all the sicknesses and all the diseases to the cross. Amen. Praise God. He goes on here in the type 2 uh, diabetes. is not an autoimmune disease. The body is not attacking itself in the type 2. So I know we have some people in here that are resisting, <laughs> I pray that you are, diabetes. <coughs> but I thought this was good 
that he, he talked like that there's more type 2 diabetes than there is a type 1. And so if, if you're fighting or you're one of your friends or relatives, the type 2 diabetes is not the body attacking itself. He says here that the, it is not an autoimmune disease. The body is not attacking itself. The pancreatic islets are not diseased at all. Now that should give you hope. That should give you some knowledge that if you're a type 2 diabetic, diabetic or someone you know, you need to know that the pancreatic islets, it says, are not diseased at all and they are still producing insulin. I loved all this information. But something invisible is stopping them from releasing, from releasing the insulin properly. Do I need to repeat that? Something invisible is stopping them from releasing the insulin properly. Your body is still producing insulin, but there's something stopping it from producing the way it's supposed to. Your cells no longer respond normally to insulin. They are what is called insulin resistant, causing the sugar level in your blood to rise to dangerous levels. Type 2 diabetes is a syndrome that produces an imbalance of function in your body. There's an imbalance of the function in your body. To me, this should give you hope when you know what the causes and all of this is to know that Jesus carried that disease to the cross. But if you listen to the doctor, there is no cure. And there is no cure. But there's help that can come back to your body. You, you can speak to that pancreas. You can speak to the things that we're bringing out the knowledge on here. Uh, and, and you can speak to your body and tell it to quit attacking itself. If, you're, if you have type 1, or if your family has type 1, you tell them you've got to start speaking to your body and tell it to quit attacking itself. Are you getting it? I think this will help us when, because we're going to be laying hands on people that, that's diabetic. And we need to know what to say to them. And if they're a type 1, we're going to instruct them. You've got to speak to your body and tell it to quit attacking itself. Or you, you can do that. You can speak to that person's body and you say, you quit attacking yourself in the name of Jesus. Right now, in the name of Jesus. And the word of God says everything, says everything that has a name has to bow to the name of Jesus. I'm releasing the name of Jesus into your body where that diabetic disease is. And I'm telling it, I'm telling you, body, you're going to quit attacking yourself. It's important that you know how to use the word of God against any sickness or any disease. And his instructions in this word, it's in this Bible... Then he goes on, <clears throat> he said, I'll repeat this, that type 2 diabetes is a syndrome that produces an imbalance of function in your body. And he says, we will define the nature of a syndrome in a, you know, as we go on through the book. But medical science is not certain why some people develop type 2 diabetes, though it has strong links 
You ready? You ready? 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 It has strong links to excessive weight. Type 2 diabetes is connected to too much weight on your frame. It has become a plague in our anxiety-ridden and overweight society. So what are we going to do about that? This helps me to know what to speak. I remember Tom telling, uh, I know it was prophetic. He looked at this one lady one time. He said, God said for you to get that weight off your body or you're not going to live very long. That lady, she didn't like it. She didn't live very long. She didn't listen to the word of God. So God can heal you. Um, I want to put your fears to rest that you can never be cured of type 1 or type 2 diabetes. With God, all things are possible. There is complete healing and restoration possible for all diseases. By God's grace, at the Be in Health <laughs> Clinic, we have identified the spiritual roots of disease and successfully help people overlook or overcome those root causes with amazing results of healing and recovery. They have found the pathway to true, lasting healing that comes from God. So, according to that Psalms 103, where it says, um, well, we don't have time to read that Psalms 103, do we? But he says, who forgiveth all iniquities and healeth all their diseases, who redeems thy life, from destruction. God can redeem your life from any destruction of any disease, any sickness that's in your body today. Amen. Amen. He, he can do that. He says that he will redeem your life from destruction. You've got to use that knowledge on whatever it is that's in your body. And you start praising God. Thank you, Father. You have delivered me from the destruction that's going on in my body. I am delivered right now today. Your words are powerful. Body, you listen to that. See, I talk to my body. You listen to that. You hear me? See, use the God's words and information that you're learning. And you speak to your body. Amen. So he says that he would redeem us from from uh, our life from destruction. That's powerful, y'all. What does the word redeemed mean? To buy back? Yes. My body has been redeemed from destruction. And then he says, who crowneth you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies thy mouth with good things. So that, why? He satisfies what? The words coming out of my mouth. So that the youth is renewed like the eagles. Wow, what a, what a place to stop. And you know, diseases prevents us from having the life that God wants us to have. And I'm on the hunt for health. I want you to get on the hunt for health. Start reading books that, that deals with healing and health and and. Let the Holy Spirit teach you 